This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell and over the next half an hour or so we'll be discussing business. We'll be hearing about Lyons and Burton, a new agri-based business in Carlow. In advance of the Amplitude Conference, which takes place in the Lyrath Estate Hotel on November 6th next, we'll be talking about exciting developments in the health and pharmaceutical sectors, as well as groundbreaking developments in smart agriculture all taking place in the innovation centres in our local ITs. But first, the most pressing issue of the day, and indeed the century, is climate change and the need for us all to change our behaviours to ensure that the seemingly inexorable degradation of our environment and the consequent negative effects caused by the reckless exploitation of our natural world is stopped. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accounting the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. The whole environmentally friendly products business is an emerging and rapidly growing business sector. But to date, the number of businesses focusing slowly on this area is quite small. A few weeks ago, I came across greenoutlook.ie, a business founded by a young woman called Fiona Smitty. I caught up with her to chat about her business and I started by asking her how greenoutlook.ie came about. So I worked as a chartered accountant working for a renewable energy company up until 2018 and unfortunately that company closed down and I was made redundant. So I took the time to go travelling and it was really while I was travelling that although I already knew that I was you know, conscious of the climate issue, I wasn't really implementing that in my day-to-day and it was when I came across some products um, that were packaged plastic-free um, in the in Australia and New Zealand. When I came home to Ireland, I realised that these really weren't um, readily available to the Irish market. So I, I decided to take the leap into being uh, self-employed. Yes, and um, tell me, how uh, how big a market is it? The market presumably is everybody, really, if we want a sustainable planet. Totally, yeah. You know, I can appeal to um, every kind of uh, generation, and both females and males, and it's just really getting... Um, getting the information out there, you know, I find that when I go to, I also do some markets, and when I go to some markets, some people have said that they've been living like this forever, you know, they're always using bar soap rather than um, body lotions in a plastic bottle, and then some people, it's it's very much new to them, or they might have heard of things such as beeswax wraps, which replace cling film, but they've never actually seen them in person, um, and they're so there's there's lots of different things like bamboo toothbrushes that people are just becoming more aware of now, but I don't think they're aware that they're, they are available um, locally in Ireland. And how hard is it to source products such as this? Well, we have I have a huge um, range of products that are all handmade in Ireland. And it's one of the benefits as well. Like all my shampoos, body soaps, beeswax straps, as I discussed, our body lotions, they're all handmade in Ireland. And we have some brilliant craft makers out there. Um, even the bamboo toothbrushes that I'm um, going to be um, supplying soon have an Irish connection as well. They were designed by an Irish couple. Um, the perception is uh, often that uh, sustainable products and eco-friendly products are actually more uh, expensive. Is that the case? And if so, is it going to change in your view? 
In some cases they are, but it's the quality of the product that you're getting. Um, you know, you're getting real um, nourishing ingredients within any of the body products. So be it hair care, body care, oral care, rather than the cheaper synthetic ingredients, which we're kind of realizing now in the long run aren't good for our bodies. Mm. And uh, you, you're only a number of months on, on the web, I suppose, um, also at markets. How is the business going? How's Green Outlook doing? Is, it, is, it, is the outlook good? <laughs> the outlook is very, very good, very green. Um, it's flourishing, really. Like, you know, uh, I had no previous experience in kind of this retail environment, but the perception by my customers so far has been just hugely positive. Um, any feedback surveys that I have done with customers, they are only delighted um, with the product range now being available in Ireland, and they just want to see me uh, growing the product range and um, supporting as many more Irish suppliers as I can. And how have you gone about growing the business since you since you launched and getting your name out there? Uh, so I, I've used the, the beautiful tool of uh, social media and Instagram, really, and then it's just been a bit of luck, like, you know, um, the kindness of radio stations like yourselves having me on. I featured on some... Um, articles in different media outlets and i also made it my tv uh, debut so that was a that was an interesting one for me yeah so as you said your 29 year old uh, accountant where do you see the business going over the coming years like do you have a five-year plan how big can this get in your view i think it has massive um scope and potential you know when i started with the business plan at the start of the year i, I really just was you know stabbing in the dark but um, at this stage now, I've surpassed any of the expectations I did have for the first few months. And now it's just about kind of, you know, managing my time wisely. Um, and then I'm starting to work now with some corporate um, businesses to uh, kind of add that CSR element for them in terms of helping their employees to understand their impact that they're having on the environment and how um, businesses can support their employees to live more sustainably. And tell me a bit more about that. How do you go about that? And what simple changes can people make in companies to live more sustainably and operate businesses more sustainably? Yeah, so the the main thing is really about like identifying um, where things are being wasted. And, you know, we're, we're very big coffee drinkers in Ireland. And unfortunately, it's, it's really the simple things that we can do day to day. Like if you just get, get yourself a reusable coffee cup rather than the disposable coffee cups that... Um, are so prominent and, and so um, are, are littering as well a lot of the places and a lot of the, the roads and streets around Ireland. And just, uh, you know, a reusable water bottle. And then simple things again, like um, can you uh, get plastic-free body soap, um, shampoo, using a lunchbox, a reusable lunchbox, and uh, trying to move away from the single-use plastic. Okay, Fiona, finally, just give us a, a brief rundown of what people will find on your site if they log into it and, and some of the products and, of course, your address. So the website is greenoutlook.ie. I also um, talk a lot on my social media, not just about my products, but also about how uh, I, you can reduce your uh, use of fast fashion. Like, personally, myself, this whole year, I'm trying not to buy any new clothes. So there's lots we can do. But on the website, then, you'll find a range of uh, oral care, which is all packaged in glass. Uh, It's all natural ingredients. You'll find shampoos, conditioners, dry shampoos, again, all packaged without plastic, all natural ingredients, really nourishing ingredients. And these products are all fragrance 
you know, with essential oils as well. So they smell really beautiful. Um, you can find beeswax wraps and lunch boxes, like I said, for wrapping up food. There's a whole um, menstrual section as well. There's kids' toys now, um, body moisturizers, facial moisturizers. So I've just been growing the product range consistently over the last few months. Fiona, pleasure talking to you. Um, best of luck in the future. That's Fiona Smitty there from greenoutlook.ie. Do check it out. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie 40 years ago in 1977, three brothers, Alan Percy and Ernest Lyons, along with Derek Burton, formed Lyons and Burton and were appointed Sperry New Holland dealers in Kilcock, County Kildare. Over the last 40 years, they've been selling forage harvesters, combine harvesters, square balers, round balers, mowers and rakes and all sorts of equipment about which I'm not very familiar. But in the last three months, uh, Lyons and Burton have opened a new branch in Greg Cullen and uh, with me in the studio is Damien Finn, branch manager. Damien, tell us about the decision to open in Greg Cullen. The decision came about um, through the New Holland Network uh, with maybe the demise of Perry's and Inniscorty Motor Company. There was an opening, so um, Lyons and Burton uh, sat down with New Holland and we agreed to plan to go forward and to cover, the best cover the area. Carlo seemed to be the best um, location that it was able to cover into Wexford and, and up into Kildare. Was so um, location-wise, uh, they deemed that to be the best location. And with New Holland, they made it, created a plan, and um, as you can see here, we are today um, with fully functioning depot, workshop, parts, sales, service, the whole lot. Like, yeah. And an opportune time to be launching in Carlow with the ploughing just around the time of your launch and uh, coming back next year again. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so uh, again, look, plough match did certainly bring footfall in the door as well. Um, but look, it, it was a brave decision in, in you know, in certainly in farming times. I don't know if it was ever a good or a bad time, but I mean, look, the decision was taken and we run with it and that's where we are. So, um, like, to be New Holland has been strong in that area. So, I mean, we look at it from a servicing point of view, we're there, sales as well, of course, and, and parts. So, you know, we see it as, as something we can grow with in the future. And how's the response been since you launched? Um, yes, look, I'm very happy with the response. Um have to say, like, I mean, our workshops are busy, um, parts are busy, and look, sales has grown constantly. So, yes, uh, happy, very happy, yeah. Yeah, and uh, a very good location, really, because, you know, you've got you, you've got Kilkenny, Carlow, Leash, you know, you're Ab- very centrally located. Does that make a difference? Absolutely. We find that where we are has, has worked out very well. Like, I mean, Carlow is, like, as most people come in, they say like Carlos we're not far from you know I mean it's, it seems to be from the customers we're getting like you know 20 minutes half an hour is, is you know what covers a lot of like you're in several counties so yeah. it works out very well yeah. now I'm a layman know very little about agriculture and farming how's business you hear a lot of volatility going on about the beef sector and all that kind of stuff is uh, look, that impacting on you look there's the beef sector and there's Brexit and, and, and there, there is loads of things that impact on you but the reality is that you know we all have to get up the next day and the next day and do what we do and carry on um like so look i suppose not not to put it to one side but i mean you have to be positive about what you're doing as well like i mean we're there to provide a service and you know we try to provide the best service we can and we find on that 
you know, we're hoping that it'll grow on the back of that. You know? Yeah, and and just give us a rundown of the type of um, of products that you stock. I mean, I, I gave a a a, yeah. um, a flavor. Yeah. So predominantly, we do New Holland. Um, so that that's our main brand. So New Holland covers a range from tractors, combines, forage harvesters, mowers, rakes, tethers. There's, there's that's a full line. So yeah, anything within that range, we can supply. Um, also, we do Heva, which produce um, rollers and, and presses. We do Major, which probably better known for their tankers, but they also do a range of grass care. Um, and with the uh, with Major, um, we also do dribble bars and trade and juice systems, which are becoming compulsory going forward with legislation. So we have a range of those in stock. Um, and on top of that, we do quite a few uh, spares we carry a lot of spares for different ranges as well like yeah mm, and and we were talking a bit before we started recording but technology is really making a huge impact it's not just kind of sitting on your on your tractor and driving it up and down a no, field with a play on the back technology is, is is taking leaps and bounds forward to be fair in relation to agriculture i mean from us i suppose most directly is um, like we've GPS guidance systems with full auto steer um, we can also overlay maps for yield mapping so if your combine cuts it it can read how well it produced so when you go out with your fertiliser spreader we can overlay that so we can increase or decrease the amount of fertiliser on that particular piece of area um, down to full auto steer by where I mean it's 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 inch accurate down across maybe a long field it doesn't matter or a round field it doesn't matter it, it, it'll drive perfectly there's no overlay so efficiency wise yes technology is coming in strong yeah. and is that leading to huge savings and efficiencies yeah efficiencies is, is, and savings is, is the big thing like so on let it be on fertilizer I mean there's no overlapping or spraying it, it's just down to exactly what's supposed to go out where it's supposed to go out and the same on let it be discing and whatever like you've no extra runs in the field so you mean your diesel cost and usage is, is reduced as well like you know and presumably then all the kit that you're selling is kind of pluggable inable to all Absolutely. of this kind of technology it, yeah it's all plug and play so you can ad- adapt it to suit your needs and what you're doing yeah yeah and safety a big issue as well we always hear about that you were talking about legislation that's increasingly important too yeah absolutely i mean look safety is is priority i mean i mean in every aspect but um yeah we we find that you know year on year there's different changes and stuff made to even the physical machines whether it be tractors or machines themselves like so you know safety is constantly improving um and from uh, a guidance point of view like i mean it, it will do what it's supposed to do and that's it it doesn't do any you know like so it, it eliminates the, the risk end of it as well of course you know? damien uh, you had a relatively soft launch you you yes. kind of did it tweaked and as you were going on you're having an open day coming up what's the purpose of that so the open day like i said soft launch is probably the correct word maybe we we had kind of a press launch so we started operation in May and we ran to up to last month where we had like a press launch we just wanted to iron out the issues and anything that appeared whatever um, so we're now having a full open day on Friday the 1st of uh, November which we'll have full product lineup from New Holland Major McHale Eva to be all there and we'll have representatives and product specialists on the day as well um, and when you're on GPS items we 
our draw on today is actually to um, is for a, a GPS system is, is so anyone who comes on today can be entered into the draw for a free GPS system as well on and the find day. their way home absolutely uh, safely <laughs> Damien thanks very much and best of luck to everybody involved in Lions and Burton uh, in Greg Cullen that's Damien Finn who's the ma- branch manager of the new Carlow outlet of Lions and Burton and you can check out their website lionsandburton.ie The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. Now, if you were listening to the programme last week, you would have heard me talking to James O'Sullivan, Ashling O'Neill and Pat Lynch about Amplitude 2019, the major conference which is led by the Technology Transfer Offices and Research Centres from Waterford Institute of Technology and Institute of Technology, Carlow. We were talking about Amplitude 2019, which focuses on disruptive technology across the areas of precision agriculture, future health, smart energy and manufacturing, engineering and design. Lots of interesting topics and angles will be discussed at the conference and as well as featuring the piece on the programme last week we also put an extended version of the conversation I had with James, Ashling, and Pat on our podcast channel as a bottom line special. I've also been speaking in the build up to the conference to Niall O'Reilly who is Enterprise Ireland Gateway Manager for the Pharmaceutical and Molecular Biotechnology Research Centre in WIT to Stephen Davey who is Research Unit Manager in TSSG in WIT and who is particularly heavily involved in agri-tech research and to Francis Cleary who is MEPS Unit Manager. We were discussing Discussing the areas of future health, smart agriculture and wearable technology. We recorded a full half an hour discussion on these areas, which you can download as a podcast on the Bottom Line KCLR podcast channel. But to whet your, even your appetite, here's a short extract. We'll join the conversation as Niall O'Reilly was describing the work undertaken by the PMBRC Research Centre in WIT. We have a research centre where we have a lot of fundamental research taking place. Um, but from an industry point of view, um, they, if they want to engage with, with the research centre, they come through the technology gateway. So I suppose I'm the, the, the point of contact, the, the main point of contact for industry into the research centre. They'll come to me, we'll discuss the type of project they're trying to do. Um, we'll try and match that project with an academic or other member of staff who's, uh, who has expertise in that area. Um, and then we work through things like funding. So, you know, can you get Enterprise Ireland funding or funding from a different source to try and support that work? Um, we'll do all the project management, we'll recruit the staff, we'll manage the finances, the contracts, um, along with the technology transfer office here in WIT. So very much my role is to facilitate a collaboration between industry and academia. And is there much of an ecosystem in that future health uh, thing in the, in the South East? Um, I think it's probably developing more, possibly on Francis's side. Um, you know, a lot of the companies we work with are uh, pharmaceutical companies based in manufacturing, um, but also have research and development bases in around the drug product manufacture and the drug product design and, and drug delivery and areas like that. I think in the future health, yeah. Francis, you probably see a bit more of that. Even, even nowadays, there's a lot more um, traction around the virtual reality and augmented mm-hmm. reality technologies and how you can use them in the, the kind of the health sector in particular. So the companies are looking to uh, those kind of technologies and how you can use them for training, for education, for building awareness. Um, we're looking at virtual reality technologies a little more, more in the digital health kind of 
check area or check scan area where you, we can use the technologies to kind of assess a person and create a virtual digital kind of representation of that person in a virtual world. Um, so a lot of movement there and again even the body sensor network technologies are moving on a lot or you're aggregating them with other technologies like a combination of virtual reality and body sensor networks and how you can uh, maximize the use of the various different data sets there. Stephen, I see you nodding. A lot of stuff in common. It wouldn't immediately strike me as as crossing over into agriculture, but that's probably a reflection on me. Yeah, so like uh, what we've found is that um, farmers are a lot more interested in engaging with technology. So like a few years ago, you would have said, you know, they're not going to bring a smartphone out onto the farm with them. But now they really do. And there's apps on the phones now that uh, they find really essential. Give me an idea of the kind of stuff you're talking about. Yeah, so for example, um, compliance even in, in the dairy uh, market is, is a huge, it would have been a huge problem, but now there's, there's apps out there so that, you know, when, when, they're, when new calves are born or when they need to be administered um, medication, they can track that in their mobile apps and they can do it while they're out on the farm. And that saves them from lots of paperwork that they would have to do later. Um, but some of the issues that some of the farmers are coming with is that there's lots of this technology coming to the market with them, but they're not necessarily all integrated together. So they'd have five or six different apps on their phone. What they'd like is just you know one app that does does it all. Um, and they're coming to the likes of TCG and asking, you know, how can you marry all these kind of technologies together? Um, and we're we're using a lot, a lot of kind of body wearing sensors or you know even tags that would be wore by the cows themselves to count how many footsteps they're taking. Um, do they have lameness, for example, uh, and to be able to detect it early so they could be administered with antibi- antibiotics. So to, to look at it like this, if, if I'm a farmer driving along my tractor listening to this and I'm going, I think I have an issue, I've searched the app store, for example, mm. and I can't find a solution, but I know there's an issue. Should a person like that be talking to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we'd really encourage and you know, farmers or even all businesses to come in and have a chat with TSSG and we'll always steer them in, in, in the right direction of what types of technologies are coming out on the market. Uh, and we're also interested in hearing about the new problems that they have, that they've come with, that they said, you know, God, if you really solved this problem for me, um, you'd, you'd make my life much easier. Um, what kind of problems are you talking about? I mean, I, I know you yeah. can't identify the problems that you haven't identified unknown unknowns yeah, so yeah. to speak but what can, can you give us a, a sense of stuff that in the past would have been solved by that approach yeah so um for example we would have had even during the summer here we had um uh, a farmer in we ran a, an agri sprint an agri sprint was essentially i had my my guys in the team here over five days to look at solutions to to this farmer's problems and one of the ones he raised would have been uh, how, how, how would he know about the, the nitrate level in his grass? Uh, if it's too high, then the grass could um, it could grow too fast. Or if it's too low, he might not have enough grass for his cows, and then he would have to buy feed for the cows. So we came up with different um, ways that he could measure or be able to predict what would the nitrate levels be in his grass, You know, taking into account the weather for the next 10 days, uh, how much what's the drainage level in, in the grass uh, and something like that he said would be you know would transform his business if we were able to measure it, you know really really accurately and that's still a kind of a research problem for us but because of that event we were able to find out this is a really really interesting problem that needs to be solved for farmers 
And so the potential, presumably that's one farmer, he's mm. not the only guy having that issue. Um, so presumably if that can be developed, the commercial potential is huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's always difficult for us in TCG to, to look out and say, God, we could solve a million problems, but we need to figure out which are the, the problems that are going to have the most impact. So you really need, I suppose, to talk about it in the academic way, you need a hypothesis or a problem to mm. someone to pose you with an yeah. issue so that you can start to address it. Uh, Francis, I see you nodding at yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's, it's a similar, I suppose, across all the research sections. We look at various different communities of practice and we bring in the end user. It's a very end user, I suppose, driven mm. approach or user-centric approach that we have to a lot of the projects that we implement and develop. So... Um, it's focus groups, communities of practice, bring in the people, see what the ideas are. And can you give us some examples of what you'd be talking about? In, um, well, in the apart from the agri-sector, agri like as I said, we're, we're predominantly the healthcare sector that we focus on. Um, cancer care would be a, a big area and the, the kind of challenges or issues around that. So we have a, a dedicated research, I suppose, topic or team around cancer care and remote monitoring of uh, Patients, I suppose, outside of the hospital and when they're at home, um, post kind of their cancer care phase, um, so as to speak. So we, we, we look at their quality of life. We look to see how we can maybe enhance it um, track, monitor their kind of their, their, their mental health. Uh, as well as I suppose um, their their physical conditions and um, if if it's a fact that they're actually kind of deteriorating or they need some sort of support let's just say and um, we look at early interventions around that. Yeah, um, Niall, uh, the theme of the conference is disruptive innovation. Mm. Can you give us some kind of ideas in your area? how that applies yeah, so I think and the difference it makes. What we'll see, I think, in, into the future is more sophisticated medicines and medical devices. So to give an example of something that's, that's on the market at the moment, um, many of your listeners will probably be familiar with stents, which are you know, mesh, meshes used to, to, um, to clear blockages in, in arteries. Um, now we see stents are drug-coated, so they have uh, two levels of technology there, the stent itself, the medical device, but now you have the drug on it as well. And what that does is it uh, prevents restenosis or, or reblockage of, of the stent. Um, I think we'll see more of that. So, for example, um, this year Johnson & Johnson uh, released some clinical trial results on drug-eluting contact lenses. So this is for, for people who have, um, who have allergies and suffer from allergies. Um, they have an antihistamine drug in there, which basically reduces itching um, in, in the eye um, from the contact lens. So I think we'll see more of that, combinations of drug, uh, drug and device. Um, we'll also see maybe some tech built into medical devices as well. So just last week, we were at the um, Toys for Engineers uh, event here in the, in the WIT arena, and um, Teva showcased a, a smart inhaler where it, it recorded the usage of the inhaler uh, by the patient and also how well they, they took the inhaler as well so the airflow through the inhaler at the time so I think we'll see more of that um, that data then becomes uploaded to the cloud it can be seen by the patient and by their physician then as well so I think we'll, we'll see integration of, of various different um, types of technology into, into medicines in the future um, to make them smarter and to also monitor patient compliance and the effectiveness of the drug itself 
All very interesting stuff. You were listening there to a conversation I had with Nilo Riley, who you heard finishing that piece, and also Stephen Day and Francis Cleary, all in advance of the Amplitude Conference, which is taking place on November 6th in the Loirath Estate Hotel in Kilkenny. If you're in business and you're interested in disruptive technology, it's a conference not to be missed. You can find out more on the website amplitude.ie. That's all we've got time for this week on the programme. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to John Keane for sound editing and Deirdre Drummy who produced. Thank you most of all for listening. Don't forget you can podcast the programme on the Apple Store, Spotify or indeed wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, you can email us at thebottomline at kclr96fm.com. We'll be back next Saturday at 9. Until then, from me, John Purcell and everyone on the programme, have yourself a good bank holiday weekend and enjoy the week. KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie